Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Free Lawyer. And I'm so happy to have with me today, Dina Cataldo. She's been a long time a prosecutor in California and has moved into a new branch where she really tries to help uh, we lawyers be as successful and fulfilled as we can. Dina, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's it's a beautiful day here in Pinehurst, North Carolina. Uh, as soon as I finish this, I'm going to take my dogs out for a nice walk. It's just just a glorious day. Oh, that's great. Dina, tell me a little bit about your journey um, oh. as, as a lawyer and and what brought you to the place where you are today? Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's, that's a story. Okay. I was a criminal prosecutor here in Sacramento about 15 years. And during that time I did everything, right? Like everything from calendar courts to prelims to trials and it was amazing, but I would say it was really only amazing the last few years of my practice. And that's because of all the skills that I learned, how to manage my mind, how to manage time, all of that good stuff. But if I were to look back at the very beginning of my career, what really shifted for me and helped me you know, realize I was even stressed out and overwhelmed and burning out was a breast cancer diagnosis I had at 29 years old. And that was about three years into my practice. And so at 29, I was in chemo, right? And it went into my early 30s. So like 30 years old, I'm in chemo and I'm at home and I'm like, this is like a vacation. Like what is going on? It should not feel so good to be on chemo. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing something that isn't quite right. Like what's going on here? And that was really the point where I started looking at my lifestyle. And I think a lot of people look at like, well, should I be eating right and, and exercising more? And, you know, for me, it was doing those things. And then I just, I, I would notice that I feel better. And then I would revert. I would notice that sometimes I'd get back into it and then I would revert back to my old habits and what, and what reverting back to old habits, what did that look like? What were the old habits? My goodness. Okay. So, you know, 50, 70 hour work weeks, right? Like working myself to death, worrying about work at home, checking my emails constantly, always feeling behind all of those things where, you know, I have no life. I don't feel like I can take vacation. I don't feel like I can go out. I actually had a boyfriend at the time where he came over to my place and I fell asleep, like as we were sitting on the couch, like within two minutes. That's a hot day. (laughs) Right. I was like, okay, thank you for understanding. (laughs) But at the same time, I was just like, I I was so overworked and I didn't know how I could make things better. And I didn't really have those tools until I found coaching and coaching helped me like 
do trials and not feel like I had zero control over my life. And, and that's really the magic of coaching. So um, you were a prosecutor for quite some time. How long? 15 years. And when did you start, when you say doing coaching, you were coaching other people or you were receiving coaching? Well, first I was receiving and that probably was about when I was about 35. So I stopped being a prosecutor earlier this year in January of 2022. So I probably started getting some sort of coaching about 2017. And and how did that, what did you learn from that coaching and how did it benefit you? The very first thing I started to learn was awareness. I mean, that's really the the big ticket whenever you're changing anything in your life. I didn't have the awareness of where my time was going, where I was spinning out, where I was, you know, how I felt, right? Like how I thought. I didn't have any awareness around that. And when I got a container where I could be questioned every week about these things, then my brain started recognizing them. And then day to day, I could start seeing improvements. When I started to... Self-awareness is really so, so important. Whether we talk about fears or stress or burnout, sometimes we're just going 100 miles an hour and, and, and we're angry or we... We speak impulsively and we don't know what's causing it to happen. We don't reflect on it, but just being aware of how we're feeling and then taking the next step. Now, why am I feeling that way? What's causing, what's causing that? And then we can really start to heal from that. Yeah. And I think so much of that is also recognizing that we are the ones creating that. I think it's very easy for us if we don't have that awareness to blame other people for how we feel by looking at how they're behaving or what we think they should or shouldn't be doing or how they should or shouldn't be behaving. And then the way we think about their behavior is really what's creating the feelings that are inside of us. And we have control over that. We can release that if we want to. That's really profound. Um, I'm in recovery, as, as many of you know. And one of the sayings I've learned in recovery, and I didn't like it when I first heard it, is when I'm disturbed, the trouble lies within. So mm-hmm. when I'm really angry at someone else about something, it's really something about me that's bothering me. Um, letting that person get under my skin, letting that person have space in my head, worrying about what they think about me, afraid I'm going to lose something or not get something I want. And while that really angered me, angers too, when that upset me when someone told me that, I realized it's very freeing. Because when the trouble lies within, then I have the tools to fix it. If I'm controlled by how someone else treats me, then I'll never be past it because I can't change how they act. But if the source of my frustration really comes from within, we have some power over it. Yeah, 100%. And as you were saying that, one of the things that I struggled with, and maybe some of your listeners struggle with too, is when we get this awareness and we start seeing, oh, we're creating this, sometimes we get into beating ourselves up. And that's what I did to myself. It was very much like, oh, I should know better. I am aware of this, so I shouldn't be doing this. So if you are coming into this work and you're listening to us talk, like, please keep in mind, like, just because you get some awareness of it doesn't mean that 
you're suddenly it's going to disappear. The, <laughs> the feelings aren't going to disappear. We're human beings. We have feelings and to have so much compassion for yourself and so much grace as you start creating more and more awareness and you start making change. Change is a process. It's not overnight. It's something that we work at moment to moment. I like the thought of being compassionate to ourselves. And that's something I still struggle with. <laughs> mm. If I drop something in the kitchen and it breaks and spills, I immediately go, you stupid. How the heck do you want? What a clod. <laughs> I, I don't know why I still do that to myself. And people say, you will to talk to yourself like you talk to your children. You know, mm. if you're an eight-year-old child to that, you'd say, oh, that's okay, honey. It's no trouble. We'll clean it up. But we don't speak to ourselves the way we speak to our loved ones sometimes. We're very, we're often our own worst critic, aren't we? Oh, yes. And and it's funny, when I think of that, I think about how I would talk to my best friend. Because when I think, I don't have children personally. And my, you know, I grew up in a household where I definitely would have gotten yelled at for breaking the glass. <laughs> so that's not it for you, that doesn't work. <laughs> So like, I look at it for anyone who might have something similar happen in their background, just say, like your best friend, how would you talk to them? Because when we start treating ourselves like our best friends, we start to make shifts. Right. So you started getting some coaching and you learned about self-awareness from that. What was the next step on your journey to becoming a coach yourself? Yeah. Well, during that coaching that I received, I started to recognize I wanted to be a coach. I loved being able to help people and make their lives easier and not be at the mercy of my feelings. That was amazing. I felt like I had more control and I thought, okay, where can I learn more about this? And one was just helping my friends. Like I put out a call, you know, like or a, um, email or whatever. I said, Hey, anybody want some coaching? And so then I started to like learn the rudimentaries of it. Cause there's a lot of it is listening and holding space for people to be themselves in a non-judgmental space where they can say anything. And you know this, cause like you work with your clients and it's, right. you know, they right. come to you because it's, it's a space where they can be themselves and they can share some of their most intimate things that they may not even share with their partners because they feel like they shouldn't be saying those things. Um, and so that was my very first foray into it. And then I started looking at like Brooke Castillo with the life coach school and what she taught through the model, which is just a, you know, everybody does this in their coaching. There's some kind of tool that basically is, it works the same way. She calls hers the model. And it really spoke to me because it was very organized. It was very simplified for my brain to latch onto and understand. And so I went through her training school and learned how to do what I do now, which is hold space for my clients, which is ask, you know, pointed questions, questions, and you know, any coach who asks you a question, if you're listening to this, please, please, please like hold it inside for a moment. Like just ask yourself how that question can impact you. Right. Cause I'm sure you listen to Gary's podcast and you're hearing all kinds of nuggets all the time. Sometimes we tend to ignore those nuggets and think that they don't apply to us. But if we ask ourselves, how might this apply to us? We're going to get more mileage out of it. And so when people invest in coaching, they're there for the mileage and they are there to like 
hear the questions, answer the questions themselves and come from that. I call it the higher self, right? Like that part of us that we don't access all the time because we're so in the to-do list. We're so in the day-to-day of our work. And so the coaching questions allow us to access that higher part of us that has the answers that we're just not looking for in that moment. Wow. Very profound. Describe to me what the, the model is in summary form that, that you use, that you learned from Brooke. Sure. So there's five elements to the model. One is circumstances and circumstances are the unchangeable things. Like the sky is blue. 12 people on a jury would agree that the sky is blue. And then the thought, there's a thought about the circumstance. What do you think about the sky, right? Some people will think, oh, the sky is so beautiful today. And someone else will think, oh, it's clear outside. It should be raining. There's a drought. So everybody has different thoughts about the circumstances in the world around us. I mean, look at politics, right? Everybody has different thoughts about similar circumstances, the same circumstances. And the thoughts then drive how we feel. Feelings are vibrations in our body. In our body are tons of chemicals. And in our brain, there's neurotransmitters. So every time we have a thought, there's a neurotransmitter that goes off and it activates chemicals in our body. So when we feel stress and we feel tense, you might feel your shoulders hunched down. You might feel your breath start to get shallow. You're going to be feeling a feeling. And that is a neurotransmitter that's going off and it's creating a feeling in your body, that vibration. Okay. And then our feelings fuel our actions. If we're feeling stressed out, we're not going to be in our best problem solving mode. For example, you know, we might not be able to think clearly about a problem. It might take us like an hour to come up with a very simple solution. And we're like, why did it take us so long to get there? It's just because we're stressed out. We're having some thought that's happening and it's creating this inability for us to problem solve. We also procrastinate. Like I notice this with myself and I'll notice it with my clients. They will procrastinate on the hard stuff because we're not in that problem solving mode. We're not recognizing what's going on. And then of course, all the actions that we do in the world are going to create our result. And if we are not taking the actions that are going to be fueling like the result that we want, because we don't believe that we can, we're not going to get the result that we really truly want. Wow. That's great. That really is a great system for evaluating who we are and what's holding us back and and how to get past it. So tell me about your coaching practice now. Who's kind of your typical client and, and what do you do for them? Yeah. So I have some amazing clients. They're very ambitious lawyers and they come to me really wanting more in their life, whether that is to build their practice, whether that's to be able to spend more present quality time with their family, like anything that they come to me with, like when we're in a call together, we're our very first call is all about, okay, what do you want? A lot of times we don't even ask ourselves what we want. And so then we aren't paying attention to the results that we're getting in our lives. We aren't asking ourselves those questions. So we dial in what it is that they want. And then we start to look at, okay, what have you created so far in your life? Like, what are your strengths? And where are there some places where you don't have the awareness that you need to create the result that you want? And so like one of my favorite examples um, is I'll have 
clients who are like, there's no way I can take a vacation without my laptop. <laughs> like, I just can't, I've got to check my email all the time. And I ask them questions. I'm like, okay, so how could you do it without your laptop? And we get to this place where they can get into a nice problem solving mode because they get into like a very proactive state of mind. Your proactive thoughts feels very doable. And then the actions that they start, you know, telling me are all the ones that are going to feed into their result of taking that vacation without the laptop. So they'll like really break it down and say, okay, these are all the things I would need to do to prep before the vacation. These are all the things that would need to be covered so that while I'm away, I feel comfortable not checking my email or bringing my laptop. Here's how I need to train my people to contact me if there's an emergency. And then here's what I need to do so that when I get back, I'm not freaked out over work. So that it's not as if I need a vacation from my vacation, I'm coming in and it's settled what I'm going to be doing. And it's all very workable. Like once we start getting into the problem solving mode of creating whatever it is that we want. Well, that's wonderful. And what I think is really beautiful about those clients who come to you is they're very successful people. They're very smart. They've accomplished a lot, but something is missing and they're, honest enough and humble enough to say some third party who understands this, who's been a lawyer, who's, who's been trained, who's experienced, can actually help me achieve more. Because sometimes I think we lawyers think we have to have all the answers and it's a sign of weakness or a failure, you know, to ask for help. And I've given this analogy somewhere else, but I've played golf since eighth grade and I'm now 67. I think every year from eighth grade until now, I've had a golf coach, always. And you think after 55 years of playing golf, I would know how to play the game. And, and I do. But what I don't know is how I don't measure up sometimes. I don't know what's wrong in my swing. Or if I'm a lawyer, what's wrong in my behaviors that are causing me frustration? I know I'm supposed to be accepting and tolerant. And what am I doing wrong that I don't feel good? because often we can't see it in ourselves. And those clients of yours come to you because they're smart enough and humble enough and human enough to say, I could use some guidance here. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I do think that we are trained in law school and in firms to be the be all end all. We want the judge to look to us for guidance. Exactly. We want the clients to know that we have everything handled. And then when it comes to our personal life, we think we should just know how everything works, how we should be better at the office, how we should be doing things at home. And one of the things that, you know, if you're listening to this, like know that you're not wrong. Like what's happening with you is not bad. It's just, we're human <laughs> and, and we all need at some time or another to find someone who can help us be the person we want to be, right? Be the person who is, maybe you're looking at your business and growing your business, but it might just be like, I just want to show up for my family and my friends in a way that feels really good to me. And if we don't, remind ourselves that we don't need all the answers, right? Like, just like you don't need to know all the things about the law, right? There's a book available somewhere <laughs> that you can find it. The same thing goes with how you live your life. You don't have to have all the answers. Like you get to, you know, explore that. And a great way to do that is with a coach you trust. 
That's that's wonderful. What do you think are some of the biggest hurdles or problems that your clients come to you with uh, that you help them overcome? Yeah, I think the very first one is that they can change, right? Like they know that there is a possibility that they could change. Sometimes this is how it'll show up. But they will also have this doubt that like, can I really change? Can anything really be different? Because our brains naturally do that. Our brains look to our past to determine what's possible for our future. It's just a natural function. It's a survival function. It wants to be able to predict certainty. It makes us feel quote unquote safe, right? Like that's how our brain wants to, wants to create safety. But if you want to change, you've got to think differently. And it's disconnecting the wiring from that past focus that your brain wants to have and reminding yourself that just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you're not capable of it. And that's what like refocusing your brain on what you want and changing the way you think about what you want can help you recognize like, oh yes, I can change. And those small wins along the way can start to retrain your brain that yes, I, I can change. Like this is a hundred percent possible. Not only that is that I'm doing it. Wow. That's wonderful. You know, the one analogy I can give from my own life is I'm, I'm now sober in recovery for quite a while, but as I entered my program of recovery, I couldn't see my life where I wasn't uh, compelled to drink all the time. I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine it because as you say, my past history showed I couldn't not drink. Um, but when I came in, I, I trusted the folks who showed me the way. And I then had a vision because I saw it in other people who were where I was and that they now no longer had that compulsion. And I trusted that that could happen for me if I did what was suggested. And I think one thing we coaches can do is help create that vision for our clients that sometimes they can't see for themselves. Mm, yeah, I, I do agree with that. I love that. We do, we are there to help create that vision. And that is such a benefit. I know I've received a lot of benefit from that is seeing myself through the eyes of an objective third party. <laughs> and they can say, look at all of what you've already created and reminding me wow, I really have created an amazing life for myself. And yes, I've always had everything that I needed. And, and yes, look at this thing that I created. Like we all went to law school, right? We all put in the the investment up front in law school. Some of us like six figures in law school. And we did that because we thought, oh, they're going to tell us what to do. And it's just this a huge leap of faith, but it's not even a leap of faith because you see, oh, everybody's doing it, right? Oh, I see everybody. It's like a, a factory machine. Everybody's just doing the work and they leave. But what happens when you're outside of the school setting and you're doing something on your own is that now you need to be able to generate that belief without always seeing the perfect model. Like you might see some models out there, which are very helpful. I love that. And you might have a, a different idea for your life. And so then it's how do you generate the belief, the thoughts that are going to generate the feelings that are going to lead to the actions that are going to create the result that you want. And if you're like not in an environment where you 
are naturally creating that. Like, let's say you're hanging out with a lot of people who are creating exactly what it is that you want to create. Most of us are not in that environment. And then it's very helpful to have somebody who can help see that vision for you so that you have that constant reconnection with your vision. Like, I don't know how often do you have um, calls with your clients, Gary? Uh, it really depends on their own schedule, but mm -hmm. I shoot for monthly or or more. Okay. And I always yeah. try to give them some homework to do before our next call that is tailored to them and their own needs. That's awesome. Yeah. Like that kind of connection is really helpful. I like to have weekly connection. Um, it's like, it just depends on you, right? What you prefer and having that connection allows you to make the progress faster. For the lawyer who's sitting in their office today or driving to work and and frustrated and stressed and burned out and wondering, you know, 10 years ago, I became a lawyer's of grace down my life, and now I'm just so unhappy. Um, what suggestions can you offer that person? Uh, what changes should they make? Or how do they get going from the place of stress and burnout and overwhelm to freedom and happiness? Yeah, I mean, the very first thing I would say to someone is just, it's going to be okay. Like, no matter what, it's going to be okay. It may not even feel that way right now, but then just remind yourself, it's always been okay. I'm okay right now in this moment. Okay. And then to start asking yourself like the low hanging fruit, right? What's the low hanging fruit in my life where I could make my life easier. And this is something, um, I was talking about it on my podcast this week is, is like we neglect to ask ourselves things. We neglect to look at where are the, like, if I just looked at my day to day, right? Like today we're recording this on a Thursday. If I looked at my Thursday and I was just to look at my calendar, what is the biggest place where I feel frustrated? Just like one part of my day. And maybe it's because you, maybe you're looking at your calendar and it's just back to back to back meetings and you didn't schedule any breaks. And you're, you could just ask yourself, how can I make my life easier today. Like just one thing. And it may mean that you move, move a meeting. It may mean that you cancel one of the meetings. It may mean that next week you schedule breaks in between your meetings. Right. But like, just look at just today, how can you make your life easier and ask yourself that every single day. And I think it was a great suggestion to begin with the small things first, because sometimes we look at the, the mountain and we're like, I can never climb that mountain. Yeah. Or I can never get all the way to the top of that ladder, but it always begins with the first step and making the small changes first can be really, really helpful. Yeah. I noticed that with um, my clients who want to really revamp their calendars, the fear is they have to upend their lives. But when I work with them, it's like, let's look at the small things first before we start to make bigger shifts, because it's the small wins are going to show your brain that it's doable and it's going to make it easier for you to make bigger shifts. A lot of your comments recently have had to do with, with busyness and schedule. And so many times when I speak to lawyers, they may want uh, support and mentoring and coaching, but I'm too busy. Right. Like maybe that's part of the problem. You know, busyness um, is an excuse we use for a lot of things that Often might be based on fear or not want to be uncomfortable, but if we're too busy to do something we really need, maybe that's the first problem where we should start, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. There's a, um, 
a quote. It goes something like, you know, for people who meditate, you'll, you'll understand this, but, uh, oh, you don't have time to meditate for five minutes. That means you need to meditate for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Um, one thing I always like to ask my, my guests as we wind down is what does true personal freedom mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I think I'm living it right now. I think that true personal freedom means choosing the life that you want and loving it, the hardships and all, right? Like just because, you know, I've left my legal profession and I'm building my own, you know, I have my own practice. It doesn't mean like my life is perfect, right? Nobody has the perfect life. We're all human. We're all living on the same planet. But what it does mean is I get to choose my hard. I get to choose where I want to put my attention, my focus. And, you know, I love that. I love the ability to do that. And I love the ability, um, my personal thing about my personal freedom is that I love to travel. And so if I can, you know, travel and incorporate my business, it's, it's fabulous for me, everybody else. Like, that's a great question just for everyone to ask themselves, right? It's like, what is your definition of that? Right. So it's like, and then how do you make it happen? So what are your two favorite places you traveled to and, and loved? Well, two in the past that I've traveled to and loved. One is Paris. That is just my all-time favorite. It was amazing and magical, and I can't wait to go back. And the other is where I grew up, which was San Diego. And oh, San Diego is beautiful. Oh, isn't we, it? We were just out there at the Hotel Del for a, a wedding and a, a wonderful, wonderful city. So what's top of your list where you haven't been to yet? Well, I have a few that I'm going to. And one of them, I had no idea that this was actually going to be so much fun, but I'm going um, with a friend to Tampa in a few weeks. And there is a Salvador Dali museum that is nearby in St. Petersburg. I had no idea it was there. I can't wait to see that. I'm very excited about that. That's great. Um, Yeah. And then I'm going to uh, Scottsdale and I'm going to Nashville again. So I can't wait to go there and eat all the favorite foods that I never, ever eat. (laughs) Very good. Um, You know, for listeners who really were um, struck by some of the things you shared and and found it very attractive, who would like to get in touch with you, how would you suggest they get in touch with you? Well, the first thing to kind of like to offer them is to go to my podcast, which is Be a Better Lawyer podcast. Um, I have a website at dinacataldo.com and I'm very active on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, it's dina.cataldo and in LinkedIn, I think you can just search Dina Cataldo and I'll pop up. That's great. Dina, I really want to thank you for your time today and, and all the wisdom you shared with, with the audience because I think it really, you, you made some amazing points and, and have some great insights and I really thank you for that. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Free Lawyer. And as always, please be well, be safe, and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best, and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you 
your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.